Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy Premier League podcast where we guarantee that you might learn something about fantasy, probably. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. Joining me, as always, is my good friend and partner in crime, Rob Langevin. Now, Rob, I appreciate your patience, because we are about two hours late to recording, mostly because ten minutes before we were supposed to record, I decided to spill tea all over my computer. Well, uh, I welcome everyone, except for Kevin, because he sucks. <laughs> uh, Fumblefingers fumble McGee over uh-huh. there. Um, yeah. yeah, so yeah, it's a, you know, anything for the love of you and the show, Kevin will, the show must go on. I believe it does is, the show, the, show. the expression that, um, I think Colonel Sanders said, um, it was either that or I'm too drunk to drink, eat this chicken. Yep. Whatever. Yep. Um, so yeah, I'm recording off of our editor's laptop that I had to go pick up and drive through rush hour. Basically what we're saying is we care about you guys a lot and we want to get this to you because there's a lot of crap going on in <laughs> FPL. Probably the most notable, based on how reliable he'd been in fantasy of late, was the horrendous leg break of Seamus Coleman. Oof. If you haven't seen it, just don't. don't. Just, just trust us. It was real bad. It was a double break. Just, uh, tibia and fibula. Yeah, Just go watch go watch Cissé's leg break. It's basically... Or Demba Ba's leg break. It's or just don't. Maybe, maybe just go watch... Maybe just go watch something else. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's watched The Expanse. Apparently, yeah. it's pretty good. I haven't watched it yet either. I just have friends that tell me to. Uh, how about Brooklyn Nine Nine? Also, a good show. Rob, what's your what's your favorite comedic show at the moment? I don't have um. Hmm. I don't watch too much t- regular TV really? to be honest with you. Hmm. I don't have any time, dude. I, yeah. I sit here. I usually sit here and watch sports or movies. Oh, I like sports. All right. Well, what's the best recent movie you've seen? Um. Hmm. hmm. It's a good one. I don't know. I kind of went through my whole Oscar kick when the Oscars was on, but I haven't yeah. watched anything good recently. Hey, Moonlight was good. Moonlight was good. I liked the the Arrival was Ooh, good. Oh, Arrival was great. I had never seen a movie that basically demands you watch it a second time. Yeah, so you can figure It kind of has that, like, it, I don't want to ruin it for everybody, so I'm not going to say what's, you know, if, if you, like Kevin just said, if you watch it twice, you figure stuff out more. You pay attention to details. Yeah, and, and um... Like, I'm uh, not to out myself too much here as a crazy nerd, uh, but Doctor Strange has always been my favorite uh, comic uh, character. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I actually didn't enjoy it the first time because I was so stressed about what they were going to do to it. Actually, Mm -hmm. much more enjoyed it the second time when I already knew it was set in stone and then was able to just be like, oh, that's cool. But they did some weird stuff in there. I don't think I'm going to spoil Doctor Strange too much. Like, Baron Mordo in the comics is a very bad guy. Yeah, Um, bad, bad dude. He's yeah. a bad dude. But in this one, it, like, I just thought they could have made him the villain, and it just would have saved time. Whatever. We don't, we don't need to get into all of that. What we do need to talk about, let's start with Everton's defense. Um, with the Seamus Coleman leg break, there's several ways this could go. Um, similar to Tottenham when Danny Rose got hurt, they could just switch to a back four initially, um, which would probably bring Mason Holgate to the four. 
But if they're going to try to continue to play this back three, there was a report earlier this week with quotes that said they might try to use Aaron Lennon as a wing back on the right side. Just curious to hear which way you'd prefer that to go, Cough Holgate. Yeah, I mean, from a a price standpoint and a a trust thing, I'd probably want something more defensive like a Holgate there. Um, We've seen what Lennon has. We've seen what he can do. Um, I don't think anybody is going to jump on that and, and bring him in and at you know considering he's a midfielder and not give you the value of a defender if they do you know get the clean sheet bonuses and such like that. But yeah, at, at five dot five, Aaron, you know, twenty four people have, have transferred him in right now. Uh, so there's some so Aaron Lennon's family, all twenty four of them play the official game. Um, so kudos, <laughs> Ian kudos saw that one report. Yeah, kudos to you. Um, yeah, I I really hope they that they I think Holgate is the is the best fantasy option there because of his price. He's at four, you know, he's at four so he gets you that you know a nice cheap entry point into the Everton defense. Um, yeah, I, I I can't even remotely even posit- positively say that I'm gonna even go anywhere near to look at Aaron Lennon's name on a fantasy roster. But you know what, he'll he'll come in and if he does come in, he'll do something and and. The whole world will know that Aaron Lennon is for real. <laughs> I will say, I also think it's the worst idea ever to play Lennon there. Oh, stupid. But stupid. having stupid. seen it somewhat work with Victor Moses, maybe. I realize that Moses is bigger and stronger, um, which obviously lends to that position a bit more. But we we have seen weird players that weren't that great fit that mold lately. That's true. And, and Antonio very, Valencia as well was like an okay winger. All of a sudden, he's like a really good winger. Anyway, I'm not saying I love it. I'm just saying. Did you just say Antonio Valencia is an awesome wingman? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's definitely the title. Um, but uh, no, I said wingback. But yeah, no, he might. How, do you think? Who do you think is the best wingman in the Premier League? Uh, I I take either Valencia or Marcus Alonso. Yeah. Yeah. No, not wingback, wingman. Or is it? Does it stay oh. the same? Wingman, yeah. like you want? I want a guy that's gonna fall in like a grenade for yeah, me yeah, yeah. at like the, at the bar, or just help you with the girl you're working on. Either way. Hmm. See, that's that's tough. I'd have to find somebody that's similar. You know what? I'll, I'll go with Joe Allen. How about that? Okay. I can't go wrong with Joe Allen. Dude, with you the, with the luscious hair, he's a little shorter. You yeah. Know. Pop, popular with the the Welsh the Welsh ladies. You know the the Highland women. Mm. Maybe I don't know. Isn't the Highland Scotland? Whatever. <laughs> he he's, he crosses over. It's only a border. It's only an imaginary border. Yeah. Oh, hey, you know what we shouldn't talk about at all? Brexit. So moving on. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so just kind of keep an eye on that Everton situation. In other formats, it's a lot easier because you'll know um, mm-hmm. when lineups are announced and you can still, you know, bob and weave. But for this, yeah, I'd it, probably say, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people never ditched Holgate, which means they just lost some points. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, I, I think we're all expecting that he will now uh, be more fantasy relevant once more. Yeah. Um, they also had Funes Mori get injured, so they're mm-hmm. also, although he had kind of missed his spot, it's been Williams and Jagielka of late, but things not looking super great for Everton at the moment, after they had been looking very good for them. Also, over at Manchester United, things not looking super great. Both of their center backs get hurt, hurting each mm-hmm. other in training. Smalling and Phil Jones are both going to be out for a little bit now. Um, are, are you excited, maybe, about the potential of... Baye or Rojo or Blint, or is the fact that both of them are injured kind of decreasing their overall value as the defense? 
Well, the funny thing is, I think as as a as a fantasy asset, I think Marcus Rojo is probably their second best player. And now that these guys Jones and Smalling have injured themselves, um, I, I it's bad because Rojo now loses his basically like sleeper appeal. Yeah. I think that you know everybody's going to be on the Valencia tip, and you know everybody's going to be looking for that secondary option where the the ownership and the price is a little bit cheaper. And Marcus Rojo is that guy. So. From that standpoint, I don't like that he's going to basically, you know, lose the sort of quote unquote sleeper, you know, you know, tag that's on him. Um, Baye is interesting. You know, people really haven't seen enough of him in consistent game, like consecutive, consecutive games to, to buy into him. But I mean, United have if you're building for game week 34 and this is fantasy and you're supposed to be build, building, you know, towards the, you know, the the Everest of game weeks, which is the double game weeks. Um, you know, United does double in 34. So, I mean, if you're building from there and you're looking for options from from there, from here on to game week 34, you know, a United defender other than Antonio Valencia or even doubling up is not a bad, bad idea. Um, you know, I, I recommend Rojo Baez on an awesome buy right now. But, I mean, United and they're up, up to the buildup of the game week 34 double game week is West Brom, Everton, Sunderland, Chelsea, Burnley, and Man City. Those, that encompasses the double game week. So, I mean, there's enough matchups in there that you can, you know, squeak out some value. I know the double game week, they're both going to be on the road and one is against City. But, you know, City doesn't really scare – isn't going to scare me that much that I'm going to be like, you know what, I'm going to not build for two game weeks because they're, one of them is against City. You know, there's, there's not a lot of great options for game week 34 as it is right now with the three teams that are doubling, you know, United, uh, Middlesbrough, and Crystal Palace. I mean, Crystal Palace's run into those games is god-awful. And I actually wanted – we're going to touch on this a little bit later when we do start sits but uh, because I know you're a big Mamadou Sako uh, yep, supporter true. right now. Um, but to be fair, that, that was yeah. one of my deadline day ones. I didn't understand why nobody was talking about it. Crystal Palace just added yeah. a top 10 center back to their team and no one thought that would help. He, he was just outcast because he just didn't fit with, you know, Klopp's system. Yeah, and then they had that That's fight the in the offseason. You know? yeah, there was a whole lot of nonsense. But what didn't happen was he yeah. forget how to play football. He's a very good yeah. center back. You know, but I, I mean, getting back to the to the. The build up for the double game week thirty four because that's basically what what everybody wants to know. They want to know what to do. I mean, but you know, as I rate it right now, if you're looking for a defender this week and you're bringing one in, I'd probably you know I know Burrow doesn't have the greatest matchup on paper this week, but they don't awful they also aren't awful and they're not going to kill you. Also, so I mean, you know, I'd probably look at a Burrow defender one, the secondary United defender two. And then completely avoid Crystal Palace from a defensive standpoint right now. I know you'll the, maybe the, disagree well, a little bit. Well, the matchups are garbage. Awful. So bad awful. from here they're, to the year out. I remember awful. when, I, when um, we were talking about Sako. We were just texting about it a week ago maybe, a couple weeks ago. And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, dude, he's so good. And then we both looked at the fixtures. I was like, they're going down. Just straight up. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we've uh, run through it here on the show yet. Let me see if I can pull it their, up. Their, their upcoming fixtures are Chelsea, Southampton, Arsenal, Leicester, uh, Liverpool, and then Spurs. <laughs> their, dub, their double game week is Liverpool and Great. Spurs. <laughs> so that's not fun. I think Wilfried Zaha um, will have a very fun time at a different club next year. You know, it's it's funny. And I, I'll, I'll segue this, Kevin, right into our uh, usual you know either-or yeah. section. Because th- this is my first one that I, I wanted to bring up. Because... Uh, you know, People are looking at the double game weeks. They want to know who to, you know, the, to, you know, to run the gamut with and gamble right. with. 
So, so my first one is, why are 18,000 people bringing in Mamadou Saka with the fixture list I just mentioned? <laughs> Chelsea, Southampton, Arsenal, Leicester, Liverpool, and Spurs. Compared compared to a Borough defender who same 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 fixtures same game weeks they have Swansea Hull Burnley Arsenal Bournemouth and Sunderland whereas their most transferred in defender hasn't even had five thousand yeah. in and that's Ben Gibson yeah. I mean from from a standpoint right now I know you know Crystal Palace has three consecutive cleans and you know Borough is not the most trustworthy group of you know, lads, do you want to, you know, encompass your fantasy roster, especially for a double game week, but you're gambling on a double game week. Would you rather right now have a Burrow defender or a Crystal Palace defender knowing that, you know, Crystal Palace is coming off three and Burrow has that good lead up to the double? Yeah, yeah, I, I definitely agree that, that Burrow do look an interesting option. My only frustration with them is they just kind of keep struggling with niggling injuries and people are just in and out of there. Um, yep. Like Fabio was a good option a while back. Friend was a good option for a little bit. Um, Barragan. Barragan is back yeah. now. You know Gibson is probably the, the you know the staple, and he's the most expensive entry point into the Borough defense. You know I'm I'm liking if you know if the double game week was right now, and I'm building my roster for right now. Fabio is probably my one of my one or one A options to bring in, with Rojo probably being the second yeah. one. Yeah, you know that's basically a tie. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, if we're gonna do. Uh... Uh, either or, let's just do it. Um, I have do one. Cardi and Coke. I have one for you. Uh, it's West Ham based. Um, I really mm. like Andre Ayew, but his price is a little I higher in this format. Love him in other formats where his price has dropped more. So we'll stick in the sixes. Uh, who would you rather have between Andy Carroll and Manuel Lanzini? Their matches coming Oof. up are actually pretty nice. Uh, it's Hull, Arsenal, and then two easy ones. Sunderland and Swansea, I want to say, if memory serves. Mm-hmm. Uh, reversed. Swansea, then Sunderland. Uh, so, uh, let's see. Sorry, again, I'm uh, all out of whack because of this computer switching. But, uh, Swansea, Sunderland, and uh, Hull are all bottom five defenses. Mm-hmm. So, that's real yeah, nice. I, mean- so I, I think we, we would both agree that you probably want someone from West Ham. Snodgrass isn't trustable at all, but of these two between Lanzini and Carroll, would you rather have the provider or the scorer? Well, you know, I'd probably lean in the midfield there only because the forward options in two weeks are going to be muddled when Ibrahimovic comes back and, you know, Kane possibly comes back after the, you know, the fast three game weeks, you know, the three and ten days. Um, so you're basically going to be, you know, you know, rostering rock stars up front, you know, it'd be Lukaku and a guy and a guy. So whoever you can fit financially into your team. And then basically you're on to week 34 and you're basically gambling on Ibrahim, which is probably going to be one of your strikers. So I don't think there's any room for Andy Carroll there. I know there's games in between now and then, but the only game that's intriguing between now and then for West Ham is, is the whole fixture, you know, whole mm-hmm. Arsenal, Swandies, uh, uh, well, I I I I'd probably stick with the midfield there. I you know I I I don't trust Lanzini enough to 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 buy into him. But you know if you had a if you had if you're a Mike Calantonio owner and you're looking for a, a lateral change, Lanzini would be my move. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't think I would trust Andy Carroll. I just think there's too many better options that are that are staple you know staple forward options. You know I'd probably rather own a Jermaine Defoe. I'd rather own Troy Deeney. I'd probably even maybe even gamble with a Fernando Lorente. They have a nice little run of fixtures. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just don't trust Andy Carroll to to do it consistently enough to to take up one of your three forwards. Interesting. Spots. 
All right, well, we will definitely get more into that later. Um, another one that I have for you is uh, at Chelsea. Fabregas mm-hmm. seemed to have established himself in the team again. Vengets, <laughs> just 20 minutes last week. Willian filled in for Hazard, played well. Will he keep his spot? Which of these two guys that are kind of on the fringes, on the periphery of the starting 11, would you rather have, or would you really rather just avoid both? You know what? I'm, I'm, as a Chelsea fan, I'm completely avoiding both. Because um, unfortunately, by the time you know, you actually somebody sees the starting roster, your lineups are locked and you're not going to be able to make a change. That's the only bad thing. Because either guy may start and either guy might not start. That's the bad thing. Um, but you believe you know, in William either of them is if the, they do, correct? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I the only problem with that is um, you're you're probably still owning a Chelsea defender. You're probably either owning Hazard or Pedro to the midfield, and then you know Diego Costa is pretty much you know in play for most teams as well. So it becomes the conundrum of where am I squeezing that third Chelsea player into? You know, are are you gambling? So basically, you you take you'd have to take William or you know, Fabregas over a staple commodity of Pedro, a Chelsea defender, or Diego Costa. It's that's a tough that's a tough situation. I I know you're saying just one of the two, but when with the roster constraints that the way that they are, and you only get the roster three guys, um, yeah, I don't think either of them are in play fantasy wise, unless you're ga- unless you're trying to gamble completely and go the anti you know Hazard route, the anti Pedro route. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'd probably gamble on the anti-Hazard route more than the anti-Pedro route because I still think there's a little bit of meat on the bone for the differential for Pedro. Um, but yeah, I, I like what they could do there. And, and Chelsea's run of fixtures, are, are they're decent enough that I think that they could rotate. But the, also, the one thing to also consider is, Kevin, I was doing this a little bit of research here. And um, I was stumbling just on Chelsea players and what their prices are and mm-hmm. uh, how much they've gone down this year. Nathan Ake has gone down – is the, the biggest defender that's gone down this year since the beginning of season 10 now. He's now at 3.8. He's the cheapest defender, cheapest wow. player besides, besides backup goalkeepers in the, in the official game. Um, say Chelsea win the next three games. It's feasible that in week 34 they can clinch. Yeah, I mean – so. It's unlikely, but yeah. If they, I'm just saying, it, and at that point, you kind of have to look at their roster. Are they going to start rotating guys in and out? Are we going to start seeing Kurt Zuma? Are we going to start seeing the Nathan Ake's? Are we going to see start seeing some of the you know the younger players, the you know the players that aren't really Chelsea staple fantasy items become more relevant? And Chelsea does have a double game week in there that's gonna that has yet to be. You know, you know, set in stone. You know, then Nathan Schwal is gonna gonna get some play. Kennedy may get some run. You know, we may even have a you know a Nathan Solanke, you know, mm. sighting. Uh, but I I don't I'm I'm just saying that for the future because um, I know we were on the Chelsea topic and I just wanted to bring that up that it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing to think about if Chelsea does clinch. Um, you know, I don't think they they sit everybody you know all at the same time. Right. But it's an interesting rotational thing to think about that in three weeks if they win all three games and. You know the second and third place teams they tie or lose. You know Chelsea can feasibly clinch by week th- in week game week thirty four. Yeah. I, I, if memory serves, City and Arsenal both are about to play a lot of the other top five teams. 
Um, So, yeah, it it will be interesting in Tottenham, obviously, without Harry Kane. Although, news that he may be back by the Bournemouth match, which, while a lot of fans are saying just rest him until the Arsenal match, I would love it if he played at the Bournemouth match, because I'm going to be there. So, I would very much like it uh, if he could make it back fitness-wise by then. Um, Sticking with Chelsea, you were mentioning if you're going to own a Chelsea defender. Do you still want to do that? Uh, I can put it in the context of this, of Alonso versus Walker. But really, the question is... Is, is do you have to own a Chelsea defender anymore? I mean, you don't have to. No cleans in six. Uh, the only person that's contributing anything in the offensive end is Marcus Alonso. I believe he's got two assists in his last six, or a goal and an assist in his last mm. six. Um, listen, I, I'm I'm an owner of two Chelsea defenders, um, and it, and it's frustrating. Oh, you because never got they've given up that dang. I never, I never did anything. I never moved anything. I was going to move one this week if Coleman didn't break his leg. So that was going to be my one of my moves this yeah. week was to go from a Chelsea defender to to Seamus mm-hmm. Coleman. But now I'll probably go from a Chelsea defender to you know Antonio Valencia only because the money laterally makes makes a lot of sense and it sets me up for the future. Um, yeah, it, it's difficult to to do. I wouldn't recommend owning multiples. Um, you know, I'd go by ownership there. You know, it's it's funny. If if you had to say that the highest scoring defender in the official game is Gary Cahill, and you don't laugh afterwards because it's the truth, it's the truth. <laughs> Gary Cahill is the highest scoring <laughs> defender in the Premier League. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, everybody owns Alonso. A lot of people own Espelicueta. Some people own Cahill, and less people own David Luiz. Um, but yeah, you don't own multiples here. They're they're just you can't trust them to do doubles. You know, to get you a clean sheet and the way that it's set up price-wise right now, that's probably going to be a mass exodus by game week 34 of Chelsea defenders because it's not going to – It's like I said before, it's not going to matter what they do because they're not going to – they may not play all the time. You know, Zoom is very interchangeable with Alonso and Azpilicueta. He could play both sides. So, hmm. so I, I don't you – know, I wouldn't – I'm slowly weaning myself off of the Chelsea defenders. Yeah. It's been my it's my been my bane of existence right now on my own team, and I'm staring at the screen right now and looking at Alonso, looking at Espoquete, and I wish that they would transform into something else and not cause me the doom of using a transfer for them. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, all right, uh, I gave you like 97. You got a you got any guys for me to compare? Yeah, uh, I got one. It's a couple of midfield options. You know, Spurs has a nice matchup this week. You know, because you're a Spurs fan. You know, they're playing at Burnley. And Southampton is home to Bournemouth, so it's an interesting fixture because Bournemouth does have a propensity to ship goals, and Dusan Tadic is in form, according to certain factors of scoring, and Youngmin's son is the pretty much the third option being looked at at Spurs behind Ali and Christian Eriksen. Mm-hmm. So, would you rather have a 6.9 Youngmin Sun or a 7.0 Doosan Tadic? Man, I'm real concerned about both of their playing time. <laughs> um, uh, Youngmin Sun, I, I think we mentioned this on our last show way ages ago, um, that Mauricio Pochettino tends to rest players that have either traveled long, like, say, to South Korea, mm-hmm. or yep. that are returning late, like mm, Thursday before a Saturday match. But um, the fact that Jansen has the flu and Kane is still out... Makes it interesting because that's basically Poch's preference, and he may mm-hmm. not have that choice. Um, it will be interesting to see. There's also a non-zero chance we start Ali up front, which would be very exciting for a lot of owners. But um, 
Man, Tadish just gets dropped randomly so much. Dearie, dearie, dear. And Burnley have a top five defense at home. Southampton, I'm pretty sure, haven't kept a clean sheet in the last five. No, they're averaging two goals allowed over the last five. Um, mm-hmm. Tadich? Question mark? Mm-hmm. Tadich. It's, it's a, it's a it tough is. one. It's not something, you know, it's not, they're both, they're both equally intriguing because there's there's differential with Tadich and there is when he's on he can be a, an asset, you know. And at seven he's not breaking your bank. And then people are trying to play the you know the the chance game with the Spurs you know third basically third priority scoring wise after Ali and Erickson. You know I I would would you agree that Hillman Son is probably the third best fantasy option yeah. there from the forward from that defense. Yeah, I, I think Ali is probably the. The one yeah. to get for Ollie's sure. one, Erickson two, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's but you know, with their upcoming fishers, you know, Spurs has Burnley, Swansea, Watford. They have a real nice run. Southampton. It's real nice till the end yeah. of the season. There, there's uh, Arsenal and, and United are the only two question marks, and they're both at home. And 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 Southampton has has uh, Bournemouth, Palace, and West Brom in their next three. That's not awful. You know, doesn't sound awfully scary to yeah. me. But I mean. Like you said, playing time has always been the, you know, the Dusan Tadic, Gerald De La Feu issue, yeah. you know, con- issue. So, well, hey, look, I mean, De La Feu is playing well for Spain. Isn't it surprising that he's somehow not better than Aaron Lennon last year or Tom Davis this yeah. year? Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about. But, you know, if you're building long term here and you're looking at your roster – I'm going – I would go Deuce on Tadic. I know that their double game week is going to be later in the season, and their double game week is going to include United and Arsenal, but they're both going to be at home in those games for Southampton. Yep. And, um, and some where they, where they, spot evaporates the second Canes fit, and we're saying that could be Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So we're we're all looking ahead on the show. I would lean Deuce on Tadic. I asked you the question. You, you're saying Tadic. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying, I'm saying with Tadic with the question mark for sure. <laughs> so I mean, if, if you're building, if you're building for the future and you're not using your, you know, you're you're doing your tra- one transfer and maybe taking a minus here or there to fill in your roster with as many double game week players for the future, then it's definitely Tadic. You, he seven won't kill you. Um, he'll he'll you know you could play him sparingly against against teams. You could play him against Bournemouth. You can play him against Crystal Palace. You can play him against West Brom. You could sit him for the next two against City, Chelsea. Then you could play him against Hull. You know that's it's it's like a tit for tat kind of thing, kind of rostering with these dudes on Tadic. Um, all right, let's move on to the next one. This one's not really an either or, but it's kind of like a huh maybe. Kevin, who's the fourth best midfielder for Liverpool? The f- fourth so best midfielder for fantasy. Lallana and Wijnaldum, or well, Milner. Lallana's gone for he a is, month. That's true. So. M- M- Mil- Milner, I don't know. Milner is uh, top five in accurate crosses this season, which is kind of nuts in all yeah. those penalty goals. Isn't it just Wijnaldum, though? Behind... It, it, I mean, I mean is it? Because you got to... It's definitely Mane, Firmino, Coutinho in some Coutinho. order of three. One, two, four. Right. Yeah, whatever way you prefer. Yeah. It's probably Mane one, and then you could flip-flop number two and three. But I have an interesting stat, uh-huh. Kevin. In the last four games... I did almost all the midfielders for Liverpool that are that are available. Oh. I took out Lalana because he's injured. He's not in the he's not in the in the fray anymore. Okay, so these are the last four game point totals for for the midfielders of mm-hmm. Liverpool. 
Firmino has 18 points. Mane has 17 points. Coutinho has 13 points. Wijnaldum has 19 points. Emery Chan has 19 points. And James Milner has 15 Mm. points. And now that Jordan Henderson is actually back and fit and training this week, he may factor into this equation and he could be a, a, a viable option there. Now that Lalana is gone, it could shift things around. So from my standpoint, as as the fantasy, you know, you know, guru that I, I proclaim myself to be, I have a hat that doesn't say that. <laughs> um for at at his price at four dot seven, uh Emery Chan is, is the fourth best midfielder for Liverpool right now. Absolutely. Mm. He scored a ridiculous goal in training today. Or I saw it. He, it they did the, they, hey, it's, just, it's the second CSA mention of the podcast. <laughs> this is just what we were going for. Welcome back to the fantasy CSA table. Um, Welcome back to the honoring CSA to the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Anunci- Awards we banquet. introduce you too. Um, okay, so he's the fourth best movie builder for Liverpool. Do you think that makes him ownable? I mean, at 4.7, I mean... How is he not ownable at four dot seven? I mean, I, I, I see that, that. That's what I'm saying. Like, you have to factor the price, the price in, and you know, I know, I know Liverpool doesn't double the rest. They don't double out the rest of the rest of the week. So the rest of the year, only so that they're stuck. If, if my math is right, just looking at the names and trying to remember off my rankings, which again, not on this computer. Uh, I think it's four top ten defenses the rest of the way, and one of them's mm-hmm. this weekend with Everton. It's 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 Everton. Home to Bournemouth, at Stoke, at West Brom. Home to Palace, at Watford. Home to Southampton, at West Ham. Home yeah, to Middlesbrough. I think Everton, West Brom, um, Southampton, and Middlesbrough are all in the top ten, if memory serves. Yeah, but um, none and of all, them are. And, none of them, and three of those games are. And three, three of those home. games are at at. Yeah. yeah. No, that is interesting. Man, I I just you know? really hate Sadio Mane a whole lot. He's. Turned me off on oh, Liverpool yeah. a fair bit. But yeah, at 4.7, with those kind of matches, I mean, what I would assume happens is that Henderson fills the deeper role, and then that allows Chan to sit a little bit further forward? Question mark? Maybe? Maybe. I don't know. I'm just saying, for the price at 4.7, I I'm just saying I we've all fallen for this lead. before, though. Like, the 4.8 oh, defensive totally. midfielder that scores a couple goals, everybody buys in, but the goals are in the rear view instead of ahead of you. Totally. But, I don't know. Totally. I, I, I just can't fall get for jazzed the banana about the tailpipe. Don't fall for a banana in the tailpipe. <laughs> standard. But, uh, yeah, totally, totally, totally standard. And I have right. one more for you. Uh, Southampton has two two doubles the rest in, of the week, indeed. rest of the year, because they're, they're blanks, you know. So the, I know they are against Arsenal and United, like I mentioned mm-hmm. before. But who are you trusting more for the for a defender from that? Cedric. Ryan Bertrand or Cedric? Cedric. It's not even particularly close for me. Uh, the the only thing that makes it a little close is Cedric's Tadicesh penchant to randomly not play a match. But uh, I, I yeah. really like Cedric. I think there's a reason he's the one that's being courted by some of the bigger clubs. Um, Bertrand has really just not had that great of a year as an actual footballer. Um, I was way more excited he's about got four, him. He's got four assists in his life. does he for real? Man, that's, yeah. uh, that's real not great. Remember <laughs> how I said I wasn't as prepared today? A uh, whole lot of that. Seriously? Yeah. When, he's got four assists. When did, he's got when a, did he do that? He had assist against Swansea, he had two against Sunderland, and one against Tottenham. Oh, I forgot they scored against us last week. It was kind of garbage, but yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Uh, against Sunderland, Swansea. Uh, man. 
And and he's got two cleans in his last six for Southampton, who's only had like seven on the yeah. whole year. So. What's, what's their fixtures like? Bournemouth, Palace, West Brom. But things get rough after that for the next three. Yep. Chelsea, okay. Liverpool, okay. I'm just going to be honest. I have Cedric, and Bertrand isn't interesting enough for me to swap. But but I, I can see where you're coming from. If you're Because neither of them are super reliable defensively. Even though they have good uh-uh. matchups, they probably only keep one, maybe two clean sheets out of those three matches. Yeah. So you're kind of relying on offensive return. Cedric, I think, is a natural better crosser of the ball. But Bertrand does get further forward. So it's just a whole bunch of evens for me. And since I already have Cedric, I'll just stick with him. But I will admit that I did not know that Bertrand was rolling like that of late. Yeah, he, he's been getting – he's been he's basically the poor – he's a poor man's Kyle Walker is what he is. <laughs> I agree. So, all right, that's all I have. I don't have any more for you. All right, uh, any price changes? Was anybody real dumb during the international break other than the Coleman injury? Well, it's got – it's just started this – like yesterday into today, but there's still been a lot. So uh, I'll just run down the list. Uh, Gary Cahill's gone up. I think people are, are trying the anti-anti, anti-Marcus, anti-Cesar move. Uh, Anthony Valencia's gone up. For my money, he's maybe the best defender in Premier League now that Coleman is hurt. Uh, Bertrand has gone up, like I mentioned, four, four assists in his last five. Uh, your boy Ben Davies has gone up. Rose Sub, I believe that people are looking for the you know the, the differential play there. I will there. say, even I'm surprised that we haven't had official word from Tottenham yet. He, from um, basically a month ago, it was said that he was supposed to be back the first week of April, and there's just mm-hmm. been no word, either positive or negative. Um, but that yeah. that was my hesitancy. Is when I lost Coleman, I thought about swapping down to Rose. Um, but just because there's no word, I didn't. But I think people should also be hesitant on buying in on Davis because it's entirely possible that it's just because it's been internationals that tomorrow at Pasha's press conference he's going to be like, oh, yeah, Rose is fit, and then that will just ruin your day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And then through the midfield, uh, Alexis Sanchez has gone up. Uh, I think people, you know, they stayed away, and now they bought back in. I think they're, this is he's the perfect – he's the centerpiece or, the you know, the cornerstone or, you know, the keystone – of building your roster to the double game weeks. They have two, um, so likes the chances. And he also doesn't hurt you because he's pretty good at this soccer thing. Uh, Joshua King, um, is there a better fantasy player, right? Is there a better fantasy Lukaku, player right now? But that's it. Uh, well, you know what I'm saying. If Blue Midfield has that, better? Yep. That'll do. He, even though... Even even though he he could fall off the the planet Earth like Matty Phillips, but it wouldn't matter. I mean, that's the uh, beauty of these like five dot whatever guys is they can come you know, on. They're interchangeable. Yeah. And the, the crazy thing, I don't think people are aware of how good Matty Phillips was. He's still top five on the season in assists and chances created. Yep, yeah, it was nuts. Really speaking good. speaking of West Brom, by the way, I don't think I'm mentioning them in any of my start sit stuff. But Chadley it looked like he dislocated his shoulder on Belgium duty. Looks like Phillips is still out, and they're going up against Manchester United's defense. Mm. 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 Yeah. Mm. yeah, we'll get we'll get a, we'll get to Matty yeah. P in a second because he may have gone down. Uh, Pedro has gone up. He's the anti, like I mentioned before, he's the anti Hazard. And then it, if if you want to go deeper, look at the other options. You know, William Sesk. Um, Juan Mata has gone up. I think Mata is this very very sneaky play, and a lot of people are. This is a building for the double game week for United th- move. Um, United also has a, is missing a lot of players this week. Ibrahimovic is out. Pogba's gone. Um, so Mata could be in, in line to shine this week. Uh, Christian Eriksen, Del Ali has gone, uh, have gone up. Uh, duh. Lukaku's gone up. Duh. Vardy is 
really, really scorching hot right now, and Lester is catching fire at the right time. Unfortunately, his price is still in the nines, which is just sad for fantasy. Um, Jermaine Defoe has gone up, and Troy Deeney has gone up. I love the Defoe and Deeney matchup this week because Sunderland does play Watford. Um, I, it's funny. I think both those guys score and basically negate each other, which is which would be sad because I, I like both guys as from a fantasy from a fantasy perspective. Um, let's go right to the downs. Uh, Martin Olson's gone down. He's injured. He's iffy for the weekend. Uh, I did see a report that he did do some light training today, so he's not you know out for the for the weekend yet. Uh, Laurent Koscielny, he got injured for France, right? Correct. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's injured. That's why he went down. Alex Wobie. I'm just throwing some bigger names out there. Uh, when, when's the last time Alex Wobie did something fantastic in a Premier League game? Tweet me <laughs> at Smokey underscore Lugie and I show me dare the moment. You. <laughs> uh, uh, Matty Phillips has gone down. Sad, sad. He was a fan favorite of the show. He's still owned in 6.5% of leagues, though, so there's still that. Philippe Coutinho has gone down. Uh, Raheem Sterling has gone down. And Harry Kane has gone down. The thing about Harry Kane that's awesome is I hope he goes down like five more times because I hope he's out for three more weeks and he goes down three more times because that would be awesome for fantasy and awesome for everyone's budget to bring him back in. Yeah, definitely, definitely some interesting things going on in there. Uh, hey, Rob, want to take a commercial break hilariously late in the show? Great. Sure. Well, we've been, we've been talking. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. All right, and we're back in the interim. My computer still doesn't work. That's the update. <laughs> the answer is still no. Um, but... Uh, we may as well. Kevin, Kevin's coming to you live from a speak and spell somewhere in the greater Midwest. I'm actually just... recording live in a library because I'm the only person that's been in one in a decade. Um, What's a library? Exactly. It's uh, where you put all your music from iTunes. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's where you go and you pay five cents to make a yeah, copy. Yeah, it's where you have to have a master's to work there. I don't know. It's a very strange thing, libraries here in the States. But um, my start, you're already going to hate. It's Andy Carroll. He's back and he's healthy. And did have an assist last week, and he is hard to trust, which you mentioned. Um, but his shot percentage is still solid, and IU seems to be coming on, and he loves sending in a cross. And Hull haven't kept a clean sheet in five matches. Um, it is Arsenal, the second one. I'm not sure if we're going to record again before the midweeks. I, I'm not sure what our recording schedule is, so I just thought it was important to let you know like <laughs> all the coming we'll things. Get a, we'll get a quick one. Maybe we'll get a quick one in there. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll just kind of see how everything breaks down. But, um, yeah. With the whole Arsenal, Swansea, Sunderland, you like a lot of those matches, and at just six point three, only four point five percent owned. I'm 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 willing to gamble on that again. I I still had Gray, and so it's just an easy mm-hmm. move for me. I'm I'm willing to try it again because remember earlier in the season when I I tipped him, I didn't actually bring him in, and then he had that good run. I brought him in, and then he got hurt. I was like, are you? Are you kidding me? So anyway, there's a little bit of that um, trying to recreate the magic there for me, admittedly. Um, Jamie Vardy, I think you mentioned how high his price is. Oh, He's him. great in other formats, but at the nines, it's just it's just too much in uh, in this format for me. Um, in midfield, it's a name you probably haven't heard in quite some time. How about Juan Mata? 
at 7.3. Mm-hmm. Two goals and an assist in his last five. He's arguably the best creator at Manchester United. McTarian, the only other one mm-hmm. that could even be in that convo. Um, and he's a decent option anytime he's named in the 11. And <laughs> he's done that for the last four weeks. And no Pogba, mm-hmm. no Fellaini, no Herrera, no Ibrahimovic. There's a spot there on the pitch for him. I- I'm very yeah, confident absolutely. of. Um, and this is another matchup. Uh, where they don't the the team they're facing don't have a clean sheet in the last five in West Bromwich Albion, um, so I I really like Juan Mata this week. I already mentioned West Brom struggles, so they probably won't have a chance to really get forward much. Um, so yeah, I, that's somebody I'm definitely worth and definitely think it's worth investing in. Um, and uh, in defense, I like Tottenham, I like Chelsea, I like United. Those are the obvious ones. On the inverse of your Middlesbrough thing from earlier. I like Swansea. Um, yeah. Stealing all my things. You're stealing all my things, <laughs> I'm sorry. Kevin. It's just one of those weeks, I guess. Um, fine. Well, then I'll, I'll put that to the side. I'll leave this one, guys, for you. Um, but I think Holgate is a must-buy this week. I'm not sure if you really want to play him against Liverpool, but because of how low he's priced right now and because of the fact he may get that starting spot for the rest of the season, I think it's important to lock mm-hmm. him in now. Yeah, he may get it. That's the True, you know, the question true. but mark. at that he price, I, I'm willing to bet that he will. I mean, the way, the way you know, Ronald Koeman is acting right now that he's yelling at Russ Barkley to either sign or get the hell out of here, you know, sign, a new, sign an extension or, go, or just go is, is crazy. But whatever. <laughs> uh, on to my starts. Uh, I'll start in defense because Kevin mentioned him. Uh, I like Swansea this week. I think Middlesbrough just cannot find the net consistently at all. Swansea does play a little bit better at home. Not fantastically better, but better. There's, some, there's definitely differentials all around. Stephen Kingley is only on 9.3% of leagues, only because he's 3, 3.9. That's the only reason he's owned there. Uh, if he does, if Olsen does play, Kingsley may sit, but Olsen's still a good buy at 4.4 and he's still only owned in 1% of leagues, so look out for Swansea defenders. Uh, through the midfield, Kevin mentioned it before, just in passing. Uh, I kind of love Andre Ayew, even in this format, at 7.1. Uh, I think there's a, enough dead meat through the mid-ranges of the midfield rankings. Like, I'd start Andre Ayew this week over Raheem mm. Sterling. How about Dang. that? Um, oh, I know we, we already did this. Ayew versus Barkley. Uh, I, you know what? I, I, I'd want to hold on that. I want to see how Everton okay. reacts to this yeah, Coleman thing. I, I really I really do because I, I think that, that they can honestly ship things up. And the things that Barkley's been doing – and, you know, when we cover stuff on our DFS show, I think that Barkley does a lot of things that are ulterior to the official game that aren't getting noticed, yeah. that he that should be getting noticed. So I want to wait to see how Everton shifts up their, their formation, if they do it at all, before I make that. But Andre Ayew this week this has three goals in his last four uh, in his last four games. But the funny thing is, those three goals came in, in less than the amount of minutes in two yeah. games total. So that's that's a good thing for Andre Ayew. Uh, and onto the forwards, I'm I'm throwing Jamie Vardy out there. I think it now is the time to buy Jamie Vardy at nine point eight, and I'll give you a perfectly good reason, Kevin. You're waiting for Harry Kane to come back. Harry Kane is a substantially better fantasy option than Jamie Vardy rest of season, regardless of when Harry Kane comes True. back. But you have to allocate that money somewhere at least neutral when you're about ready to wild card or you need to do a transfer to bring him in. By the time Harry Kane comes back in, Kane should be in the high 10s. Vardy will be at 10 because Vardy's next coming fixtures are pretty, pretty, pretty decent. That you're going to be like, okay, I can roll with him for you know two, three weeks, 
And then when Harry Kane comes back, I can just go laterally and the money won't make a difference. You know, Leicester's next three or four games, Stoke, Sunderland, at Everton, at Crystal Palace. Those are the next four games. And that's basically about when Harry Kane should be coming back. Mm-hmm. So from that standpoint, I'm trying to look at it as an inverse property of transferring money from one to another and then you're not hurting yourself. With those four fixtures, I think that Vardy could probably score in three of them and, and give you decent enough value. And, you know, he's only he's owned in 10.9% of leagues, but if you take away the dead teams in from the fantasy universe, he's only owned in 4.8% of leagues. So there's some there's some meat on the fantasy bone. For um, That's the expression of the day. I hate to break the news to you. Uh, so on to my sits. Uh, I'm, I'm worried about Manolo Gabadini getting back and being healthy. Uh, I think Shane Long may get the run in. I think that they may sit him this game because of the three games in 10 days. Uh, he's a little, he's still a little dinged mm. up. So if, if you're buying into the, the Southampton striker, uh, and you want to Shane Long this week, if I don't know, if I actually on the DFS, yeah, yeah, they'll be on the DFS, uh, slate this week. Shane Long is an interesting guy to, to, to play to play long on. How's that? <laughs> I don't think we're going to be able to record our DFS because all the video uh, files and everything are on my other computer. But uh, uh, he was myself for that matchup. Yeah, Where, there you <laughs> go. Hey, look, we disagree sometimes, and that's fine. You know, it's how you work through your yeah. struggles. It really makes you stronger as a couple. Should we sing Friends? <laughs> how many of us have them? <laughs> we're guy friends. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, where was I? Oh, midfield. I went through that whole big uh, ab nauseum stat about Liverpool midfielders. I don't want any of them. I don't want to. I don't want to own any of them. Liverpool doesn't double the rest of the year, and there's there's better investments that you could use for that nine point seven from Mane all the way down to seven point five in Wijnaldum. Uh, none of them score consistently enough. They basically the best player on there for the last four games averages four point four points mm-hmm. a game. That's not great. Uh, so Liverpool middies are a sit for me. And then on defense, um, it's an obvious one because they played the, probably the, they're playing the best team in the league, and it's Crystal Palace defense. Yeah. But people building for the future are investing in the Crystal Palace defense. Look at the – I mentioned the number of Mamadou Sacco transfers in before. He's 18,000 in right now, and he's not the only one getting transferred in. I mean, you know, Joel Ward is getting transferred in. James Tompkins is getting transferred in. All because they, they have a double fixture. It doesn't mean that they're awesome. I think Kevin – you know, you're, I don't want to steal your expression. If you, you know, even Patrick von Einholt, he, he's coming back from injury. He's he's the most expensive guy there. He's still being brought in. He's been brought in over twelve hundred times already. So I mean, there's, I don't do it to, your, to yourself, people. Like, be smarter. Listen, listen to us. You know, you know, stay in school. Don't, don't be a fool. Do hugs, not drugs. Um. All right. Uh, for my sits, um, I'm gonna start with Marcus Rashford up front. I've seen some people touting him this week, and I kind of don't understand. Did you know that this season, in the Premier League, he's yet to have more than two shots on target in any match? Yep. I believe it. Uh, He's going to start, and I do like Mata, and it's possible Rashford is on the end of that assist, but there are just a lot of other guys I like at this price range that are going to have a job for more than two weeks. Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'm, I'm not a... I'm not really a fan there. In the midfield, I mentioned earlier how frustrated I was with him. Uh, with Sadio Mane, I, I told people to hold on to him against City because, you know, they just got ripped mm-hmm. apart by Monaco's pace. I was like, oh, hey, Mane mm-hmm. has a lot of pace. That should work again. And then he did basically nothing in a very up-tempo match that should have suited mm-hmm. him. Um, some of the underlying stats are still very kind to Mane. 
But at this price range, you aren't looking for underlying stats. You're looking for actual performance. Um, so yeah, I, I just can't. He just doesn't promise those right now. Um, for defenses, I don't like they're all playing each other. Liverpool, Everton, City, Arsenal. I just think both of those games have plenty of goals in them. So Yep. Yep, that's it for me. So uh, what have you done? Um, nothing. I'm looking at my team right now. You know, I only got back into the fray of looking at my... I kind of took a took a break from looking at my team. So did for like I. I didn't days. even watch internationals every day, which I typically do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, I watched I watched internationals. I watched the U.S. last night with a couple of mates. Um, but, yeah, one of the, the first move I'm making this week is Valencia in for a Chelsea defender. That's the one move I'm making this week. That's definite. If I make another move... And this is a great time with the, the I want to I want to you know stress this with the the listeners at home if you made it this far in the podcast thank you. Um, now is the time with three quick fixtures in ten days that it doesn't it, it's smarter to take a minus when the games are faster because you you see the rosters faster in front of you so you can make faster decisions. But I'm going to give you a caveat there: make one move for the week at hand. And make one move for the future. So yeah. if you bring in, so like the you know, whole gate, if you thing, bring in where you aren't really playing him this yep. week, but bring him in now. You know, if you if say if you need to make two moves, all right. Della Ali has a great matchup this week, and I think he may feature up top by himself. Della Ali is this week's move. And then if you need a defender, and I don't always you know recommend transferring in defenders too often, but Antonio Valencia is a future move as well as a present move because of United's double in game week thirty four. So you're basically taking a minus now, but if you string that across the the span of when you're going to use Valencia, it's in the, it's going to negate his value. So do yourselves a favor. If you're going to make multiple transfers this week, do one that's going to help you now, and then either one or two that's going to help you down the road, and it'll string out the minuses and make it not feel as bad when when you pull off the bandaid. So so I'm probably bringing in Della Ali this week. And I'm bringing in Antonio Valencia for sure. Yeah, like I said, um, I was worried about the Rose Davis situation, but I had to pull the move before Coleman's price started to drop. So I just did Coleman to Walker, um, who gets forward a load. Not a great cross of the ball, but he just has so much time up there that sometimes it works. Uh, and a clean sheet against yeah. Burnley seems likely, um, regardless of what's going on there. So that's the move I made. Uh, as for captains... I know uh, it's a big profile match, but I don't think that means it's a bad choice. Uh, I have the C on Lukaku. Hard to bet against him at the moment, um, considering putting the vice captain on Sigurdsson or King. Uh, but I think Lukaku is just the obvious choice for me this week. Um, mm-hmm. Cost is also an option if you're into that kind of thing, but eh. He, he's a little wobbly. He, he picked up a little a little nick. and I, I'm, I'm, I'm not nervous that he's not going to play. I'm just nervous that he's not going to... I'm not. I don't know if he's going to play right. a full ninety because there's three ga- three games in, in in succession there. You know, Hazard is definitely not going to see all three games. For sure. I can guarantee you that. Which is another reason why that William Fabregas thing gets messy as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if Lukaku is the is the I think the contrarian play to or the, the I'm sorry the the, the, the white yeah. bread the white bread play of the week because because he's been on such good form. Uh, I think if you have brass balls the size of you know anybody that you. You know, has brass balls. Josh King is the play for captain against Southampton. Um, I'm probably going to probably be a little different. I'm chasing points in my mini league. So, like I said, I'm probably bringing in Della Ali, and I may just slap the C on him. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, once once you take negatives, it's always interesting to, to put the caption on that guy because clearly you want them in. Um, okay. 
Well, that's it for us. As I said, I'm not sure when we're recording next. We might try to get something in Sunday. That would mean it would be up to you by Monday. Um, if not, we'd probably record right after the Wednesday matches um, midweek. But, uh, Rob, why don't you tell the folks what they can get at you in the interim? Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at Smokey underscore Lugie. That's L-O-O-G-Y. Or you can find my writings about soccer. And since baseball season is less than a week away, uh, on Razzball.com, I cover saves and steals there. Basically everything you want to chase in your fantasy league, I write about. Um, and then I, I I tend to write about fantasy soccer, which you're listening to right now. So you're welcome. Hey, who do you think has a better season? Eric Thames or Kevin Kiermeyer? Um, I'm going to take Kiermeyer only because I think I think Thames. I don't think his I don't think his KBO stats are going to translate. Uh, translate specifically yeah. the power and or? Uh, power and he 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 does have some speed potential there. But I was actually uh, reading today that there, there's a guy in Milwaukee that's going to win the win the you know the left-handed platoon there at first base. So he may take some may steal some bats there. Hold on, up. give me one <laughs> second. I'll find him. While this is happening, I'm waiting, counting down the minutes until they try to trade Ryan Braun so I can see my boy Louis Brinson up in there. Jesus Aguilar. Oh, Aguilar he's yeah. a former Indians prospect. Yeah, he's gonna he's hitting 466 with 17 mm. RBIs in, in this this spring, and he's basically won the, the the backup first baseman job there. And I think he could push Tim's for at bats. You know, it, Tim's is a is a is a he's a quantity guy. If he gets 600 to 650 at bats, sure, yeah. he's he's going to get you 25 home runs, but he's going to kill you in batting average. He'll probably bet you 245, maybe get you 15 to 20 steals. You know, but if you know Aguilar can get you, you know, 250 to 300 at bats, you know, Tim doesn't look as sexy. He may be just a you know basic fifth outfielder then, and maybe waiver wire fodder by you know the All Star yeah. break. That would be that would be real sad, but uh, they they need to get Brinson in their stat, K- kind of similar to the yeah, Pirates, absolutely. where we need to get Meadows up. Pretty quick, yeah. but it won't happen until Kutch and uh, Braun move for their respective teams. Uh, all right. Well, that is uh, fun. We left you with a little dose of baseball there. <laughs> I have my Dynasty draft now that I'm going to have to try to remember my ESPN login. Oh, wait. No, it's Yahoo uh, for that Dynasty League. But anyway, uh, I am <laughs> on Twitter. Um, you can also find this podcast at EPL Roundtable on Twitter. I'm also the fantasy writer for Goal.com, so go check that stuff out. There will be... Um, a uh, Superstars and a Super Scrubs <laughs> double post this week. Um, what else are we doing? I don't know if we're going to be able to do the video this week, uh, but just check our Twitters and, and we'll let you know what's going on with that DFS-wise. Uh, but thank you guys so much for listening. Hopefully your teams do well this week. Hopefully my computer is alive by next week. Then we'll catch you then. Peace.